0: Everyone, You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destra. It is NHL Draft Week. It is also NHL Free Agency Week. Uh, the draft is the first that kicks us off this week uh, with Day 1 of the 2020 NHL Entry Draft on Tuesday uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch that on NBC Sports Network. And then day two of the draft, which consists of rounds two to seven, is on Wednesday, and it starts at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. You can watch that on the NHL Network. The Flyers have the 23rd overall pick and seven selections overall in the draft. Uh, And, Brooke, we're going to get into some targets for the Flyers at 23. Try to give some fans a glimpse of a player that they could get at number 23 overall. Last episode, we talked a little bit more about the Flyers draft history, what they've done over the past five years in the draft. Now we're going to kind of look at what they could see at 23rd overall. But first and foremost, how are you doing? And what are you looking forward to most? Are you looking more forward to the draft or free agency?
1: Oh, my gosh. I feel like for about a week now, basically since Tampa won the Cup, I was kind of like, oh my God, there's no hockey. What do we do? What do we do? And then I woke up today and I was like, oh crap, we have the draft this week and we have free agency. So it's kind of like we jumped right back into things, but thank goodness for that, because we don't really know how long this off is going to be. So I'm happy that we're kind of diving right into it as soon as the season ended. So, and it's all, isn't it weird? that it's the first week of October and it's not the start of the season. One literally just wrapped up. So I think that's still something that's in my head too, It's that it's it's October 5th right now and the draft is the next two days. It's not home openers. It's not season openers. It's, it's crazy, isn't it?
0: It is. I, I can't even get my seasons straight in terms of like <laughs> summer, fall, because – We're just so used for like NHL draft is always June. It's like the heat of like, you know, summer is just starting. It's hot out. We're not really thinking like NHL and regular season. We're thinking off season. We're thinking of like the future and stuff. And uh, like you said, Rook, it's the exact opposite now uh, because of the the unique and unprecedented stoppage because of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Everything is shifted now. And the draft is in October when the season typically begins. Um, and then free agency follows shortly thereafter. So, uh, but we're going to adjust. We're going to adjust for everyone, and we're ready to go.
1: You uh, know it.
0: Yeah, nice. absolutely. Brooke, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the Flyers are going to be looking. They're going to draft the best player available. Let's say that they will. Most teams, Agreed. all teams, in the first round draft best player available. You, you know, it's not like the NFL draft or the NBA draft, where sometimes you're looking more at a need because these guys can step in and play right away. A guy that's going to play right away is maybe the top, you know, three, five picks maybe. Uh, they, might, they might make the immediate jump. Uh, but then after that, you, you know, Brent Flair and the Flyers have said it numerous times. You're looking at a guy that might be, you know, three, four years away or maybe two to three years away. So we're thinking Flyers Drift, best player available at 23rd overall. But they, of course, will look at certain positions. Um, I'm thinking center is a position they might need. Um, obviously, it's a premium position. But let's start off with some targets. First and foremost, who are you looking at uh, for the Flyers at 23rd overall? Give us your first target.
1: Okay. So I know that I touched on him in a previous podcast that we've done in basically the last week and a half. But I'm going to look at him again because I really, really think that he'd be a great asset for the Flyers. And that's Justin Barron. Yes, I'm going to talk about him again. Listen up, everybody. Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) He is – a right-handed defenseman, and 6'2", 195 pounds, and he played for the Mooseheads in the QMJHL this past season. So basically, he has an interesting circumstance heading into this draft because he developed a blood clot during the 2019-20 season, so he was out for a little over 12 weeks. But before this, many people and draft analysts pegged Barron to go in the top 15 of this draft. So would teams find him to be a risk looking forward because they didn't really get to see him at his fullest potential leading up to it? Um, And I mean, uh, the Mooseheads general manager, Cam Russell, praised Barron throughout the entire season, not only on his work ethic on the ice, but he has been a really key player for this team off the ice. And he said, when you lose a player of Justin's caliber, it's a big blow to your hockey team, not only on the ice, but he's a real leader in our dressing room. And I think that that's a pretty big testament to the player that he can become. Because if you're a leader at a young age, that sticks with you. And that's, that's who you are with your moral compass. So I think that that's a, it's a great peg and note for Barron's career. And really, I mean, let's look back at the past few drafts. The Flyers have drafted extremely well when it comes to first-round defensemen. They had Travis Sandheim in 2014, Ivan Provorov in 2015, and they just drafted Cam York in last year's entry-level draft. But Barron possesses one thing that those three guys do not. He's right-handed. Yeah. And I think that while it's really important to grow – And stabilize this blue line for years to come you need that balance of lefties and righties so I think there's again he's going to be a really good fit if he comes to Philly fingers crossed that he drops because I think that he has so much potential and yeah that that right-handed defenseman at the blue line you can never go wrong with that so that's my choice number one (laughs)
0: like it and and Brooke, I believe Brent Flair said it the other day, the the Flyers assistant general manager, who oversees their scouting. um, He mentioned when when he was asked about maybe some positional needs that they could highlight uh, in the later rounds. And throughout the draft, he mentioned right defensemen, how they could use some more of that. Um, Because I believe they have some lefty coming on the way, but right defensemen, they could probably replenish a little bit. And like you said, how exciting would it be just to add another first-round defenseman to a position that – Let's, you know, let's be real. NHL teams value depth on the blue line like gold. And that would be pretty exciting, right? To get another guy in the first round and add that to your prospect pool.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of people might think that continuously drafting defensemen in the first round might be playing it safe. I think that's, that's kind of where my mind goes because I like being safe. I'm not really an aggressive person. But it's going to pay off in the long run because again, like you had noted, it's not really just drafting for this upcoming season. It's drafting for the future. It's building depth for the prospect pool. And it's, you know, you you don't really have to get an immediate need, but it's building for the future.
0: Visit your Philadelphia area Cadillac dealer today and experience the ultimate in iconic luxury. Brooke, it is cool to hear about some of these prospect stories, like you said with Barron, uh, just given what he's gone through and why that you know, why that might impact his draft status and how teams really have to project when they look at these prospects. They have to project a lot. It's not just watching what this player is today and saying, he's good, he's good for us. No, it's like, no, you need this. hopefully tell what he can develop into uh, down the line. Uh, a kid that I'm really excited to talk about, and he was also a prospect that I talked about last time when we – did our previous episode, was, but I'm going to hit on, hit on him again because he's a real cool story, is Ridley Gregg. Um, he's a center, uh, played for the Brandon Wheat Kings in the WHL, and what makes his story pretty neat is that he is the son of Flyers amateur scout Mark Gregg. And Mark Gregg has been in the organization for a while, and he has long scouted the WHL, in, which is the league that Ridley Gregg played in. So there's a family tie there, and it creates an interesting situation Ridley Greg is a first-round prospect who's going to be in that range of 23rd overall. And it, it, it maybe puts the Flyers in a tough spot where they, you know, if they really like Ridley Greg and believe he's the best player available, they're going to take him. But then, it, you know, it lends to the whole, While well, he's, you know, are they picking him because of his family ties? Um, did, did they know a little bit more? Um, are they doing a good deed? And I think we can just squash that right now that oh, yeah. the Flyers are not going to pick Ridley Gregg because he's got family ties to the organization. Chuck Fletcher mentioned that. He said, listen, that would be a disservice to the organization. We are going to pick the best player available. And if Ridley Gregg is the best player available because he's a good hockey player, we're going to do that. Um, so good for the Flyers for saying that. And I hope they don't shy away from taking Ridley Gregg uh, just because he's got a family member in the organization. I hope if he's the right player for them, especially given Ridley Gregg is a center, um, obviously a premium position where I think the organization can replenish a little bit. I hope they take him. Um, and it was funny. Uh, the Flyers, Brent Flair and Chuck Fletcher both said that Mark Greg is a little nervous with this draft because he knows, you know, this is his son and he probably wants to make the right pick for the Flyers, but he's also nervous about probably taking his son because that's a lot of pressure, right? Uh, apparently really Greg grew up a Flyers fan. His, his favorite player is Claude Giroux. He was actually running around the Flyers draft table uh, in 2014. Um, as a youngster, he was one of the team runners. Um, he was wearing a Flyers jersey. There's a cool picture of him at the draft table and on the stage in a Flyers jersey. Now, his, now you know, here's his chance to get drafted and kind of start his own career. So I believe his dad's a little nervous in which the pressure could be on him if he does go to the Flyers, just go into a team that he grew up watching Um, and then obviously having his dad in in the organization. I I, I feel bad for the unfair pressure there. I think that would just naturally be on him. But long story short, very good player. He scored 1.07 points per game for the Wheat Kings as a 17-year-old center, too. Put up 26 goals, 34 assists in 56 games, and a little scouting report. He's kind of got a 200-foot bite to his game, kind of a straight-line energy with offensive instincts, and it just looks like when he gets to the NHL level, eventually when he grows into the player he's going to grow into, looks like a guy that could just do a little bit of everything, can play PK, can play even strength, could help you on your power play. And he's just got some bite to his game. You know, you know the energy he's going to bring to the ice. So I think he's, a, he's an exciting player down the middle with, with a very cool story given his dad is in the organization. I think selfishly for us, Brooke, I would like to see him picked because I think it makes for fun, cool stories to tell later on given uh, he's been around the team for a long time growing up. So I'm going to go with really Blake for my first player.
1: No, I definitely do like that. And like you said, the story growing up around the Flyers is so cool because you don't really get those kind of stories that often in sports where like it, it would be almost too good to be true to have him drafted by Philadelphia. But I know that, like you mentioned, I'm happy that they kind of squashed the whole. They're not just going to play favorite season by drafting him because of his dad and scouting with the Flyers. Because his dad does not scout for the every other team that has to draft in the first round. He made his way, his own path, growing like uh, in his young career, yeah. learning and. Rightfully, I'm having a brain fart. It is a Monday, so no. <laughs> bear with me. I'm you, know trying to you know the day. You know the day. But I'm basically just saying that he rightfully earned the talk and the high praise around him being taken in the first round of the draft. So while the pressure may be high and expectations may be high if he does come to Philadelphia, that by, that in no means kind of, takes away from who he is as a player and how he rightfully earned to have the opportunity to go in the first round of the draft. So I think that that's kind of something that also has to be looked at as well.
0: such a good point. such a good point. Like you said, he is viewed Ridley. Greg is viewed as a first round prospect, maybe a fringe early second round, but almost all experts have him pegged as a first round prospect. So like you said, he has earned that right. He has played that uh, played to that status. Um, and if the Flyers took, took him 23rd overall, it would not by any means be in reach. And they're just picking a player because of his name and his ties to the organization. He, is, uh, he has earned that right to be a first-round prospect. And uh, I expect to see, and I think we all expect to see Rid- Ridley Greg go at some point in the first round.
1: Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. All right, Jordan Hall, so I am sticking with centers in the first round right now because, like you said, I definitely think that it's a position that the Flyers could benefit starting to build on again in upcoming drafts. So, I actually, my next two players are both centers, so that's a testament to how I feel that, that the Flyers should go in. But we're going to start things off with Jacob uh, and He spent the past two seasons with the Sting in the OHL. He's 5'11", 198 pounds, and he's a right shooter. And in 2019-2020 season, he had one of his most productive seasons in his young career. And basically through 57 games, he collected 70 points total and was just shy of a 40-goal scorer. And you know, Flyers fans love their goal scorers. So he finished the year at 39 goals. And one thing that I really enjoy about his game is that he's able to create so much space on the ice because he has a level of fearlessness. So he doesn't really hesitate. He's very confident in his abilities and it is absolutely portrayed in his game. So when it comes to shooting, the combination of him being able to create that space and having that fearlessness is such a valuable combination that the Flyers could have down the road. And he's also been pegged as somebody who has had very strong success on the power play. And if anyone has watched the Flyers power play in the past few seasons, you can tell that that is going to be a very attractive feature. Yeah. So to have somebody who is just not afraid to go out on special teams and shoot the darn, Puck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy that you have to have the conversation where it's like you know the power play is to actually benefit your team, but that's a conversation that we've had far too many times since the off season started for the Flyers. But I think that that would be a really beneficial selection for them going into future seasons. Just building off of that, and again, solid overall center, and you have to. Just love a player, especially at his age, that is so confident. And he's so young. So, Jacob Perriott, number two.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, I feel like we, with a lot of centers, sometimes you see a ton of centers that are just naturally, when they're a little bit younger, um, they're pass first, right? Guys that are always like kind of racking up more assists than they are goals. Uh, just because probably naturally they become more of a playmaker first and a creator and a facilitator before they look to shoot. And that's probably a really good quality, but you got to love hearing a center that uh, is flirting with 40 goals. And it sounds like you said, uh, a guy that's fearless in shooting and just um, looking to score. Uh, that is awesome. And I, I hope the Flyers um, eye him. That's going to be really, really exciting. Uh, Brooke, I'm going to stick with the center theme as well. Um, as we know, um, you know, the Flyers didn't draft the center last year. And I, I don't think – a previous draft the year before really dictates a whole lot of what the organization does. But when you draft um, just defensemen and wingers and don't draft one center, I think it does show you that you were really looking for what those two positions last time. And this time coming in, uh, maybe you're, yeah, you're going to be eyeing some centers. You can replenish at that, that position. And we obviously know how important the center position is. It is incredibly valued uh, by organizations uh, across the NHL. So I'm going to stick with the center theme. And my next target is Maverick Bork. He uh, played for the Shawinigan game, Cataracts. Um, just a real cerebral playmaker. He thinks the game at a high level, sees the game above the ice. Um, he scored 1.45 points per game with 29 goals and 42 assists through 49 games last season in his draft year. Uh, Brent Flair, the assistant general manager of the Flyers, called Bork a gamer, said he's a real character kid. Um, when they scouted him, he said that, uh, Bork played a ton, like he would be on the ice for like half the game. So he said he played probably more than he should have, but I guess at the junior hockey level, sometimes he t- these teams need their best players on the ice so much. So he said the kid played a lot. They saw him a lot and he really didn't get too tired either. He delivered while playing, you know, close to half the game sometimes whenever they scouted him. So I know they really like Maverick Bork and he's a center that's going to be in their range of 23rd overall. And I just really like those kids that you hear gamer, you hear real character kid. Um, I think those are qualities you want to see in a young player. Um, And I just think he could be a playmaker down the line. Might not blow you away with speed, might not blow you away with athleticism, but he sees the ice, he can make plays. um, And I think that's exciting. I like those kind of tinier centers that are real gamers. They get after it um, and they can make plays for you in the future. I would love to see them go Maverick-Bork. Some people think he'll go a little higher than 23rd overall, and then I've seen some experts think he could fall later in the first round below the Flyers' selection. So I think if he's there, I definitely think the Flyers are going to think long and hard about taking maverick bork Yeah,
1: and I think it's – again, the NHL draft is so – you can't really expect anything aside from maybe those first few picks. So many players have the potential to kind of fall through the cracks and go to that second round. And again, like you said, it would be a really tough place for the flyers to be in if he was on the board and they didn't really like significantly evaluate if his contributions to the team moving forward. So again, it's, it really seems like we're looking at those centers. So hopefully, I mean, hey, Chuck Fletcher, if you're listening to this one, you know <laughs> and, what we're looking for.
0: <laughs> and, 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 you know, we've been hitting on centers a lot just because we think it's somewhat of an organizational need. Listen, they will definitely pick the best player available. But, Brooke, we heard them say numerous times that if they have, say, a defenseman and a center and that on their list amongst their scouts, if they think they're equal players, they might lean towards a positional need in the organizational depth chart over best player. So, like, again, if those two players are equal, that defenseman and that center, maybe they lean towards center a little bit because that's more of an organizational need. So you will see them lean towards a position if they feel like they need to replenish in that area. So I think it's why we're kind of hitting on centers. But let's go to your next pick, which I believe is the center.
1: You are correct. Perfect. At Nissan, we just made your choice for a new car, an easier one than ever. With our most exciting and fuel efficient lineup, the choice is yours. Now get great offers across our full line. Shop at your local Nissan store today at NissanUSA.com. Yeah, so like you said, another center for me because you can never have too much of one good thing. Am I right, Jordan Hall? Amen to that. So now I am looking at Hendrix Lapierre. He's a left-handed shooter, 6 foot, 181 pounds. And one thing that is so enticing about him specifically is that he is an excellent skater. And not only for his speed, but his agility. And he has the time and time again has tripped up defenders because of his speed. It's almost like they know that when he has control of the puck, defenders have the mindset of, okay, just get down the ice and set up. Yep. Don't even try and break things up in the neutral zone. It's not worth it. And that is really exciting to me because he is very flashy at times because he knows that that's he gets in opponents' heads because of his speed. Mm-hmm. And – while flashy and being this huge, like, over-the-top player isn't always the right fit, it seems like something that Flyers fans really enjoy. And I know that Flyers fans aren't aren't the ones that are going to be drafting this night, thankfully, because we don't really know how things would go with that. But luckily, his talent is able to back the flashiness up. It's not really like he keeps attempting these things and it's, it crashes and burns. It doesn't really hit him in his face. It, it doesn't catch up to him in the long run. It's, again, fearlessness. And that's what I really like and enjoy with his player, as him as a player. And outside of his speed on the ice, another one of my favorite things about him is that he not only has the ability to create plays for himself, he is a playmaker. So... He's not afraid to take charge and drive play, but he also has the ability to step back and know when he has the chance to set up scoring chances for his line mates. And I think that that just is a testament to show the all around player that he is. And yeah, I mean, if you're, again, if you're looking at the first round, you don't want somebody who is in their head and somebody who second guesses their abilities and their skill set. So, while I have seen on a few uh, prospect reports that he is somebody who could be break, great, or a bust. So, that's a definitely an element of concern. I know the word bust is very terrifying for a lot of people because, you know, especially with first round draft picks, you don't really want them to go to waste that often, um, if at all. So it could be a risk for the Flyers, but the reward could be very significant. And I think that is definitely worth looking at when it's getting time to their name
0: being called on the draft board. I did hear that he was a kind of a high risk, high reward, uh, player And Yeah. You, like you said, you hope, um, you hope that, you know, obviously if you're an organization, you hope there's the reward there. Uh, and that the reward hopefully outweighs the risk. Uh, and you know, these organizations, they, they, one, they've had even more time now to really look into these players given, uh, obviously the stoppage and all the time during the pandemic, um, to really look into these kids and you, you can bet, the Flyers and all teams are, are, you know, are going to do their homework. They're going to do their homework and look into these, um, high risk, high reward guys. Um, so yeah, we shall see it. It'll, it'll be fascinating to see where he goes. Like you said, just given that high risk, high reward. Uh, and yeah, let's stick with the center theme. Why not? I'm going to go one more center. I went all centers. So I'm sorry, but <laughs> <Three> <laughs> but that's the, that's the position I'm looking at. Um, my final guy uh, is Brandon Brisson. He played for the Chicago Steel in the USHL. Tunnier center, but real high skill, high playmaking ability. He had 59 points, over 45 games for the Steel in the U- USHL. Uh, 24 goals, 35 assists, and he's headed to Michigan. Um, and it's it sounds like Flyers have really started to really like those college route players, the players that, uh, you know, go to college and, maybe develop for a year or two, and then you kind of ponder whether they want to turn pro or not. It seems like they have more and more college players now in their system. Um, and this kind of reminds me of Bobby Brink a little bit, different positions Bobby Brink, a winger, but a uh, Brandon Brassad, a center, but Bobby Brink who the Flyers drafted last uh, draft in the second round was a UCL, USHL kid who really tore up that league, scored at a high clip in the USHL and then, was headed to Denver, and the Flyers really liked him. They liked his path, that he, th- he did what he did in the USHL, and they really liked that he was headed to college to a really good program. Same thing with Persan. He played on a loaded USHL team and still stood out. That Chicago Steel team was really, really good, um, and he stood out. And now he's headed to Michigan, where Cam York is, a uh, very good program where these kids can develop, you know, over a few years, and then you see where they're at. But center – high-level skill, high-level playmaking ability. And Brent Flair told me that he has seen this kid a ton because Brisson played high school hockey in Minnesota, which is obviously where Brent Flair was for a while. He was with the Minnesota Wild for a while before coming to the Flyers with Chuck Fletcher. So they have seen Brisson a ton. The guy that calls the shots for the Flyers has seen him a ton. Uh, So I think that can go a long way. And his chances of if he's available at 23, I think the Flyers are going to really think about taking him. Just given his position, given they've seen him a lot, and I think they tend to like guys from the USHL who then head to college. So Brandon Bressan is my final target. I hope the Flyers look at him, and I think he'll be in their in their range. But well, Brooke, as we know, the Flyers have seven picks in this draft—not just the first round. They also have a seventh, uh, excuse me, a second rounder, a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder, a sixth rounder, and two seventh round selections. So there will be plenty of picks, and we'll be dissecting it all and looking at all of them uh, and see how the organization continues to add to its prospect pool. But I think we hit on some good, some good guys broke that could be in their range at 23.
1: Oh, without a doubt. And man, we are going to have so much to talk about in the coming days. And man, hopefully it's, hopefully it's some good things, but even if they're bad, we're going to be here for it. (laughs) Looking forward to it either way, for sure.
0: Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff, Brooke Dasher. Thank you so much. Loved your draft content. And you can see more of Brooke's draft content on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com as we have the whole draft covered. Uh, go to NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com and check out Brooke's work. Uh, Brooke, thank you so much as always. Ben Barry, our podcast producer, a special thank you to you as well. And this is the latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Flyers fans, wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.